section thirty six of the mary frances story book this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox org recording by kathleen the mary frances story book by jane airy fryer the last day on story island the cricket on the hearth a fairy tale of home chirp the first when the story people were all assembled the story lady began to-day we have only one story the cricket on the hearth which was first told by one of our greatest story-tellers charles dickens who wrote the christmas carol and many other stories that children love to hear the peary bingles heyday the cricket's merrier than ever to-night i think said john stopping in his slow way to listen to its musical chirp 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 and it's sure to bring us good fortune john it always has done so to have a cricket on the hearth is the luckiest thing in the world that is what john perry bingle's little wife dot said one stormy night after john had come in from delivering packages and boxes and she had given him his tea and had put the baby to sleep for john perry bingle was a local expressman or as they say in england a carrier the first time i heard its cheerful little note john dot continued was the night you brought me home when you brought me to my new home here its little mistress nearly a year ago you recollect john oh yes john remembered i should think so its chirp was such a welcome to me it seemed so full of promise and encouragement it seemed to say you would be kind and gentle with me and would not expect to find an old head on the shoulders of your foolish little wife i had a fear of that john then john thoughtfully patted one of the shoulders and then the head of his little wife as though to say no no he had no such expectation he had been quite content to take them as they were the cricket spoke the truth john for you have been i am sure the most considerate the most affectionate of husbands this has been a happy home john and i love the cricket for its sake why so do i then said the carrier so do i dot i love it for the many times i have heard it dot went on musing and the many thoughts its harmless music has given me sometimes in the twilight when i have felt a little downhearted john before the precious baby came to keep me company and make the house gay when i have thought how lonely you would be if i should die or i should be if you should die its chirp 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 upon the hearth has filled me with new trust and confidence for you see john i was afraid being so much younger than you that you might not find me at all suitable as a wife and that you might find it hard to learn to love me as you would if i were older and had had more experience i was thinking just before you came in to-night dear how the cricket has cheered me at such times and i love it for their sake and so do i repeated john but dot how you talk i learn to love you i had learned that long before i brought you here to be the cricket's little mistress dot she laid her hand an instant on his arm and looked up at him as if she would have told him something next moment 
she was down upon her knees before the basket of packages which john had brought in from his cart perhaps some of them would be called for the others he would deliver in the morning there are not many of them to-night john why what's this round box hard alive john it's a wedding cake leave a woman to find that out said john admiringly now a man would never have thought of it but it's my belief that if you packed a wedding cake in a tea-chest or in a feather-bed or in a salmon keg a woman would be sure to find it out directly yes i called for it at the pastry cook's and it weighs i don't know what whole hundred weights cried dot making a great show of trying to lift it whose is it john where is it going read the writing on the other side said john why john my goodness john exclaimed dot ah who'd have thought it john returned you never mean to say asked dot sitting on the floor and shaking her head at him that it's for gruff and tackleton the toy-maker john nodded mrs peerybingle nodded also fifty times at least in dumb and pitying amazement and tilly slowboy the nursemaid and helper of all work began to talk in an undertone to the baby who had awakened as she walked to and fro with him in her arms was it for gruffs and tackletons then and would it call at the pastry cooks for wedding cakes and did its mothers know the boxes when its fathers brought them home and so on and that marriage is really to come about said dot after seeing the baby after seeing that the baby was all right why she and i were girls at school together john john might have been thinking of how dot looked then but he made no answer and he's as old as on like may why how many years older than you is gruff and tackleton john how many more cups of tea shall i drink at one sitting than gruff and tackleton ever took in four sittings i wonder replied john good-humouredly but even this brought no smile to the face of his little wife the cricket too had stopped somehow the room was not so cheerful as it had been nothing like it the strange old gentleman so these are all the parcels are they john she asked after a little while so these are all the parcels john that's all said john why no i-i declare i've clean forgotten the old gentleman the old gentleman in the cart said john he was asleep down in the straw the last time i saw him i've very nearly remembered him twice since i came in but he went out of my head again john hastily rose and lighting a candle went out the door halloa ya hip there rouse up that's my hearty he called as he made his way to the wagon shed soon the stranger stood bareheaded and motionless in the middle of the room he had long white hair good features singularly bold and well-defined for an old man his eyes were dark and bright and smiling he saluted the carrier's wife by gravely bowing his clothes were very quaint and old-fashioned a long long way behind the time their colour was brown all over in his hand he carried a great brown club or walking-stick he struck this upon the floor and it fell open and it became a chair on which he sat down quite composedly there 
said the carrier turning to his wife that's the way i found him sitting by the roadside upright as a millstone and almost as deaf as one sitting in the open air john in the open air replied the carrier just at dusk will you take me along he asked and gave me eighteen pence then he got into the cart and here he is he's going john i think not at all he was only going to speak if you please i was to be left till called for said the stranger mildly don't mind me with that he took a pair of spectacles from one of his large pockets and a book from another and leisurely began to read boxer the carrier's big dog came sniffing at his legs but he took no more notice of boxer than if he had been a lamb the carrier and his wife glanced at each other in perplexity the stranger raised his head and looking from dot toward john said your daughter my good friend wife said john niece asked the stranger wife roared john indeed observed the stranger surely very young dot took the baby from the couch where tilly slowboy had laid him the stranger quietly resumed his reading but before he had read two lines he interrupted his reading to say to john baby yours john gave a gigantic nod equal to an answer given through a speaking trumpet girl asked the stranger boy roared john also very young heh mrs peerybingle instantly spoke two months and three days vaccinated just six weeks ago took very finely considered by the doctors a remarkable beautiful child equal to the general run of children at five months old takes notice of everything may seem impossible to you but true here the breathless little mother who had been shrieking these short sentences into the old man's ear until her face was crimson held the baby up before him to prove her words while tilly slowboy sprang around in cow-like gambols to amuse the infant uttering words which sounded like catcher catcher hark said john he's called for sure enough there's someone at the door open it tilly caleb plummer before she could reach it however it was open from the outside for it was a primitive sort of door with a latch that any one could lift if he chose in came a little meagre thoughtful dingy-faced man he seemed to have made himself a great coat from the burlap covering of some old box for when he turned to shut the door and keep the weather out one could read upon the back of the garment the letters g and t in large black capitals also the word glass in smaller capitals good evening john said the little man good evening mum good evening tilly good evening unbeknown how's baby mum boxer's pretty well i hope all well and thriving caleb replied dot i am sure you need only to look at the dear child for one to know that and i'm sure i only need to look at you for another said caleb or at john for another or tilly as far as that goes or certainly at boxer busy just now caleb asked the carrier why pretty busy john he returned pretty much so there's a lot of demand for noah's arks at present i'd like to be able to take more pains in making the families but i can't do it at the price it would be a satisfaction though to one's mind to make it plain which was shems and hams and which was wives 
ah uh, well have you got anything in the parcel line for me john the carrier put his hand into the pocket of the coat he had taken off and brought out a tiny flower-pot carefully wrapped in moss and tissue paper there it is he said adjusting it with great care not so much as a leaf damaged full of buds caleb's dull eye brightened as he took it and thanked him it was expensive caleb said the carrier very dear at this season never mind that it would be cheap to me whatever it cost returned the little man anything else john a small box replied the carrier here you are for caleb plummer read the old man spelling out the directions with cash john i don't think it's for me with care corrected the carrier looking over his shoulder where do you make out cash oh to be sure said caleb it's all right with care yes yes that's mine it might have been with cash if my dear boy in south america had lived john you loved him like a son didn't you you needn't say you did i know of course he read again caleb plummer with care yes yes it's all right it's a box of dolls eyes for my daughter's work i wish it was her own sight in a box john i wish it was or could be cried the carrier thanky said the little man you speak very hearty to think that she should never see the dolls and them a-staring at her so bold all day long that's where it cuts what's the cost john what's the damage i'll damage you said john if you ask well it's like you to say that observed the little man it's your kind way let me see i think that's all i think not said the carrier try again something for our governor eh asked caleb after thinking a little while to be sure that's what i came for but my head's so full of them noah's arks and things he hasn't been here has he not he returned the carrier he's too busy courting he's coming though said caleb for he told me to keep on the near side of the road going home and it was ten to one he'd take me up i'd better go by the way he turned to dot you couldn't have the goodness to let me pinch boxer's tail mum for half a moment could you why caleb what a question oh never mind mum said the little man he mightn't like it perhaps there's a small order come in for toys dogs that will bark and i wish to go as close to nature as possible for a sixpence that's all never mind mum it happened that boxer just at that moment began to bark with zeal but as this bark meant the approach of some new visitor caleb postponing his study of dogs barks shouldered the big round box of wedding cake and said good-bye he might have spared himself the trouble however for he met his employer upon the threshold tackleton oh you are here are you wait a bit i'll take you home he turned to john john peerybingle my service to you more of my service to your pretty wife handsomer every day and younger i should be astonished at your paying compliments mr tackleton said dot not altogether pleasantly but for what i have just heard about you being engaged to be married you know all about it then i have gotten myself to believe it somehow said dot after a hard struggle i suppose very tackleton the toy merchant was well known in the neighbourhood 
many people called him gruff and tackleton the name of the firm when gruff was tackleton's partner although tackleton had bought out gruff's interest years before the name still remained it was odd that such a man should have been a toy-maker for he had no interest in toys whatever he despised them and wouldn't have bought one for the world the only toys in his shop which he could abide were the ugly ones hideous red-eyed jacks in boxes vampire kites and fiery dragons really did give him some pleasure for he saw that they scared little children a very pleasant person tackleton not the kind of person he would think was going to be married and to a young wife too a beautiful young wife he didn't look much like a bridegroom as he stood in the carrier's kitchen with a twist in his dry face and a screw in his body and his hat jerked over the bridge of his nose and his hands tucked down into the bottom of his pockets and his whole sarcastic ill-conditioned self peering out of one little corner of one little eye like the concentrated essence of any number of ravens but a bridegroom he was designed to be in three days time next thursday the last day of the first month of the year is my wedding day said tackleton did i mention that he had always one eye wide open and one eye nearly shut and the eye nearly shut was always the expressive eye i don't think i did that's my wedding day said tackleton rattling his money in his pocket why that's the anniversary of our wedding too exclaimed the carrier ha ha laughed tackleton odd you're just another couple as we will be just at this speech dot was most indignant what next would the man say as though her john resembled tackleton in any particular i say a word with you murmured tackleton nudging the carrier with his elbow and taking him off a little way you'll come to the wedding won't you we're in the same boat you know how in the same boat asked john why you're not so youthful as your wife yourself said tackleton with another nudge come and spend an evening with us beforehand why demanded john astonished at this hospitality why returned the other that's a new way to receive an invitation why for pleasure to be sociable you know and all that i thought you were never sociable said john in his plain way as you like what does it matter your company will produce a favorable impression on mrs tackleton that will be you'll say you'll come we have arranged to keep our wedding day at home said john we think you see that home bah what's home cried tackleton four walls and a ceiling why don't you kill that cricket i would i always do i hate their noise you'll say you'll come to-morrow evening you kill the crickets huh said john scrunch em sir returned the other setting his heel heavily on the floor then you won't give us to-morrow evening well next day you go out visiting i know i'll meet you there and bring my wife that is to be it'll do her good you're agreeable thank ye what's that dot is upset it was a loud cry from the carrier's wife a loud sharp sudden cry that made the room ring like a glass bell that was struck she had risen from her seat and stood like one transfixed by terror and surprise the stranger had gone toward the fire to warm himself but he was quite still dot cried the carrier darling dot what's the matter 
they were all about her in a moment caleb who had been dozing on the cake box in the first start seized tilly's slow boy by the hair but immediately apologized mary exclaimed the carrier for dot's real name was mary dot being only a pet name of her husband's mary dear are you ill what is it tell me dear but at first she could not answer she wept bitterly and covered her face with her apron then burst into a wild fit of laughter and then started crying again at length she let john lead her to the fire where she sat down the old man was standing there as before i'm better john she said i'm quite well it was only a fancy something coming before my eyes it's gone quite gone now but why did she look at the old gentleman as if addressing him thought john was her mind wondering i'm glad it's gone muttered tackleton turning the expressive eye around the room i wonder where it's gone and what it was humph caleb come here who's that man with the gray hair i don't know sir caleb answered in a whisper never saw him before in all my life he'd make a beautiful figure for a nutcracker quite a new model not ugly enough said tackleton or a match safe caleb continued what a model unscrew his head to put the matches in let them fall down to his neck and take out not half ugly enough said tackleton nothing in him at all come bring that box all right now i hope mrs peerybingle oh quite right quite right said the little woman waving him hurriedly away good-night good-night said tackleton good-night john peerybingle take care how you carry that box caleb let it fall and i'll murder you dark as pitch and weather worse than ever eh good-night so with another sharp look round the room he went out the door followed by caleb with the wedding cake on his head the carrier had been so much astonished by his little wife and so busily trying to soothe her that he had scarcely been conscious of the stranger's presence until now when he looked up and saw him standing there their only guest he didn't belong to them you see said john i must give him a hint to go just at that moment the old gentleman came toward him saying i beg your pardon friend but since my attendant has not come and the weather is so bad can you in your kindness let me rent a bed here yes yes cried dot yes certainly oh exclaimed the carrier surprised by the quickness of her consent well i don't object still i'm not quite sure hush she interrupted dear john please why he's stone deaf urged john i know but she turned to the stranger yes sir certainly yes certainly then to john i'll make him up a bed directly john as she hurried off to do it the fluttering way she did it was so strange that the carrier looked after her quite dumbfounded did its mothers make up a beds then cried tilly slow boy to the baby and did its hair grow brown and curly when its caps was lifted off and frightened it as precious pets a sitting by the fire what frightened dot i wonder thought the carrier pacing to and fro and half listening to tilly's silly chatter the bed was soon made ready and the stranger who would not take anything but a cup of tea retired after dot put the baby to bed 
she arranged the great comfortable fireside chair for the carrier and filled his pipe for him then she brought her little stool and placing it beside his knee sat down for a cosy chat but the carrier fell to dreaming and boxer who was stretched at his feet i am quite ashamed to say snored aloud just then the cricket began its song and dot too fell a-dreaming but what was that young figure of a man which remained there singly and alone why did it linger still so near her with its arm upon the chimney-piece ever repeating in a whisper married and not to me End of section thirty six